Okay, I'll I'll say I'll say it really fast, red. and then you have to. Mm, okay, hold okay. on. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. <laughs> oh, you stopped just before it got real good. Before it fell apart on you. Uh, well, welcome, welcome, original spinsters. A.K.A. Thornback Biatches. Biatches, what up? Jane and Jess in the house. We got some cats walking around too, so you might hear them being annoying. Like, like spinsters do. Like, like spinsters do. <laughs> Indeed. Welcome to the original spinsters podcast. Did you already say that? Maybe. But now you know it but again. But now you know it again. What are we talking about today? We are actually, why don't you introduce... We're talking about women and the arts. I guess you could say gender and the arts. Um, being marginalized. Being marginalized and how gender plays a role um, in the creation of art, the marketing of art. Uh, well, and specifically writing. I'm going to be talking about writers a little bit more. But why don't we start with you, Jess? All right. Well, when we um had talked about doing this subject i was a little unsure which direction to go but um i just a couple women came to mind that i know had dealt with things in their career specific to their gender um one of the first ones that i'll talk about since i am also an artist is i'll talk about margaret Keane, which many people are familiar with from her big eyes paintings back in the i think it was like 60s 70s i was not familiar until i saw examples of them uh -huh. hanging on a wall uh, aunt's house yeah and i was like ooh. Who are, who are those creepy ass I, I kids? Was like, what is that? But yeah. I, now that I kind of know about her, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, I like creepy. Yeah, I mean, she said she, I don't, in all honesty, the impression that I get from the reading that I did, and there's also like a movie that was made about her life, it literally called Big Eyes, and Tim Burton directed it. Really? Yeah, it doesn't feel like normal Tim Burton esque vibes, but. Is it dramatized or is it a documentary? dramatized i guess would be the short answer to that based off of her life and had true events in it but you know played by actors in the whole nine so um her reasoning for creating those was that she just felt that very personally and like they had the big eyes because they were the window to the soul you know i don't know if there's more to it than that they definitely do seem very creepy by nature but in all honesty i never got the impression that that's what she was trying to go for like when she painted them, I might be wrong on that, so I won't spend too much time talking about that aspect. But well, in the eyes, aren't they? They look black in the paintings, or am I yeah, wrong? Yeah, I mean, they look like if you were gonna do something cutesy, dark, and something that might kill you in the middle of the night, like <laughs> that's definitely it. <laughs> but um, she was like 1950s housewife, was unhappy, unfulfilled, and ended up leaving her marriage. Um, which we all know was not super common at that time, but she was an artist at heart and she did have a young daughter at the time. I don't remember the whole backstory, but she was doing art and she ended up meeting this gentleman, Walter Keene, who said he was an artist, but was more just a swindler like a, mm. a grifter kind of dude. He ended up convincing her that people would not want to buy art from a woman and that she wouldn't be taken as seriously. 
So he promised her to make a lot of money for them, and but that it would be better for him to put his name on her paintings. You know, she says she was kind of young and naive, and he was very convincing. She said, like, he could sell anything to anybody. And so she did that. She ended up um, getting a lot of commissions, and Walter did get her work into a lot of galleries and, like, got a movement going from it. At first, people were not taking the subject matter seriously because it is very unique Mm -hmm. and very kitsch you know like even now it's very kitsch compared to what was going on I think there in California at the time in the art scene so this went on for a really long time so she was just painting constantly but like in secret even like from her daughter nobody could know so she had a studio that she would like literally lock the door so people couldn't get inside etc years went on and her and Walter ended up separating and she felt like it was time to like not she didn't want to keep the line going anymore so she tried to get the rights to like her paintings and all of that stuff but Walter Keene actually fought her on it Mm. and it went all the way to a court and I thought that this part might have been like made up for the movie but no it actually happened where they were going back and forth um, during the hearing about he could prove it was really his work or she could and um, finally it got to a point where the judge said I want you both to paint here <laughs> so um prove it yeah so it actually came down to them having to do a painting in a court of law and so they all got set up and he's you know like both ready to go and he claimed he had like a shoulder pain or something that was going to prevent him from being able to paint then um, and she did complete a painting in the courtroom so from then on she was awarded like the rights and everything wow that is really interesting in so many ways. First of all, I wonder if since that time or if there's any other cases where they had to actually do a painting in a courtroom, like prove something. I don't know. That would be cool to find out, though. That's incredible. Because it seemed like I thought it was just, you know, dramatized for the yeah. movie. Like, ooh, they have to paint in court. But no, that actually happened. Then I think what's really significant about that, even the fact that he he chose that subject of her being a woman to base his swindle around and how that was very believable. Yeah. You know, there was almost, I mean, I'm sure she kind of questioned it, but you know, you you couldn't imagine going to like another male and saying, you know, no one's going to take you seriously. Right. Just be, just, you know, with that brown hair of yours. Right. Or what, you know, but that. God, that, that beard. (laughs) Yeah. So, the fact that that was um, very realistic at the time and believable that, oh yeah, you're Wait. right. Like just because of my, the plumbing I have, yeah, I'm not going to be able to sell paintings. Well, and he made it seem like he was doing her a favor. Now she also got a lot of flack in the media. Like it wasn't enough that this happened, but then she also got flack about like, well, why would you let him? Obviously, you know, I don't know the woman personally, but... It stands to reason that during the time frame that it was, her coming out of being like a 50s housewife, like she came out of a time before there was any of those big movements about women's rights and all that kind of stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, sexism and not being taken seriously as a woman in any field, I mean, shoot, that's kind of still fairly normal today, let alone how much worse it probably was during the time that 
you know, she was painting and trying to do stuff. So I'm not really blaming or hating on her for it, especially if you have then a partner that's manipulative, that can and convince you. Now, were they romantically involved? Yeah, they were too? married. Oh, they're married too. Which made it harder for her then later to get the rights back. Like, well, this is your husband. You're saying you gave him like permission. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And that's know? a whole nother level too, when you think about it, because even creeping into that um, era, women still sort of belong to their husbands. Yeah. So what's hers is his. So yeah. Too. So he did all the front end stuff. He got all the fame and the um, publicity and made all the deals and she was just you know in her locked door studio like painting away doing the work you know he convinced her and whether maybe she at that time was not confident enough in herself or her abilities that was Mm -hmm. like well yeah this is probably the best thing yeah and on top of that even sort of taking advantage of someone who's an artist in the way that i can relate to not necessarily even wanting to take ownership of the things I create because it's a creation and you want to give it to the world. Mm -hmm. And so she probably thought, well, this is a way for the subject matter to get out. And if, if he's telling me that it's going to reach more people by him putting his name on it, then maybe I'd be doing a disservice to the world if I tried to take ownership then you know so that i mean that's another manipulation right there yeah like i'd rather have it out there with his name on it than just not out there at all how disheartening um but it just goes along with the theme and i'm sure there's like a million more cases that you know if we dug in with the research that we could find between artists and musicians and creative types um and a whole lot more that we don't even know about i mean on a side note (laughs) i think maybe i thought of this because of my ex-husband being in like the music arena but I remember um, when we were married and and trying to help brainstorm or give him ideas for things that would be like good for projects or like business-wise when it came to things and there's a handful of times that I remember literally bringing up an idea and acting like that's what that's just you don't know what you're talking about like that was like dumb you don't know yeah and then a later point in time him repeating that idea to me oh wouldn't this be a good idea and I'd be like I'm the one that told you that and he'd be like no 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 I heard it from and I won't say the name but like uh, yeah. his who was his best friend yeah. like no no like so and so told me this mm-hmm. and I'd be like no that was freaking me and you told me it was a bad <laughs> idea well I don't know I don't and then it would be like claiming not like remembering yeah I'm even sure now that like if he heard me saying this he would be like and this didn't happen. I don't remember anything like that. But yeah. as a, you know, a woman and trying to be a supportive wife at the time, that was something that stuck out in my head because I was like, my ideas might be good, but they literally will not be, you know, remembered or valued or taken as seriously because they're coming from me. Right. And I can definitely relate to that. And honestly, I really do think some men and specifically in our instances with a significant others, they really do believe it wasn't your idea. Yeah. They're convinced of it. Yeah, like they would be like, bitch, liar, whatever. Right. But it's like, I'm not even like, it's so so many years removed. Like, right. I just don't, you know, care about making anything like that up. But I think that's where a disconnect is, whether it's, you know, men or women that don't understand sometimes the frustrations 
in careers and specifically in creative areas because to them that might have been a conversation that like literally fell out the back of their head a second later but those type of things stick with people and you know and not even just women necessarily I'm sure that stuff like that happens to like men and all genders in between so I'm not just saying that you know I'm just from my experience as a woman yeah and I can relate to that too like having been married to a a writer he would have me like here here read this and he had suede patches on his jacket too i remember he was real cool he's he's a real writer real cool (laughs) but um i would offer suggestions and i can tell you with 100 percent confidence that he took not one of them not one of the suggestions that i'd ever made to him over the years and i definitely felt like I felt marginalized and maybe at the time I didn't see it because I was a woman. I thought maybe, I don't know what I thought, but looking back. Well, we took it because we're like, oh yeah, you must be right. You must must be right. It must not be that good of an idea. It's just, it's hard when you're in it. If there is anyone listening, woman or otherwise, that feels like they're in a situation, relationship or work where they're not good enough or like their ideas or things they care about are always getting shit on. It's not you. (laughs) It's so easy to internalize that and feel like you must just be dumb or not creative or whatever. And it, you know, it sucks. It sucks feeling like that. You know, it messes with you long term and you have to fight hard to get out of that mindset. All so right, tell me, so, tell me so, some writing stuff. Yeah, segue is I mentioned that um, I had been married to a writer, but I'm a writer as well. Um, nothing published. Not, I never really pursued it, but that's actually interesting in itself. I write poetry. The only brief time I considered like submitting and trying if, to get my if stuff. If we had a YouTube channel, this would be the part where you'd go like, link below, guys. Link, check, check out my spoken word. But um, no, I also um, did not just spoken word, but written poetry. And the one time I really did consider, like, maybe I could get published in, like, a journal or something, I actually legit was going to do it with just the first initial of my first name. Yeah. And a last name. Because I really thought that I'd be taken more seriously if they didn't know if I was a woman. I didn't necessarily resent it. I actually almost thought I was smart for, I was going to play the system. You but know. then it's not until you step back and look at it, and you're like, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked up. Um, all right, so yeah, I want to talk a little bit about gender and writing. First of all, Americans, like we are... We got problems. We just ain't reading like we used to. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the average American reports reading approximately four books per year. And you know what? Honestly, most of them probably lying. Because you know if someone comes up to you and says, hey, how many books do you read a year? Yeah. Oh, psh, well, yeah. <laughs> like 12. Yeah. Right. Um, but actually a quarter of Americans are, they honestly just say, I don't read at all. Yeah. I would think it'd almost be more than that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Generally, also readership is going down among men. Women writers are actually on the rise. Nice. Like a lot. If you go far back, back enough, like, and it's not even that far actually, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, men dominated the writing industry, even in romance novels. Mm. But that first shift in gender equality was in the romance genre, which you could imagine. Yeah. Like, Daniel Steele mm-hmm. has been, like, number one female writer. She's still alive. I think so. 
Dan Daniel? Are Danielle. you there? Are you there? Are you there? So that was the the first genre to start um, shifting, and then lately it's been more and more, um, especially just generally in fiction. Women are also on the rise in the history field. Mm. All across the board, though, generally women um, writers are on the rise, but not as much in the big publishing companies. Intermission of information. The first known author, like the first person to ever put their name on anything, was Enhedwana. A woman! A woman! Enhedwana is the earliest known poet whose name has been recorded. She was the first one to ever like sign her... Her work? Her work. All up on that piece. It didn't dawn on anybody to take credit before. I put my name on this. Good for her. She was the high priestess of the goddess of Inanna and the moon of and the moon god Nana. She lived in Sumerian city state of Ur. That's U R. Would you say that Ur? Ur, I guess. Okay. Nice. This has been your intermission of information. Even though female writers um, are being published more, the reviews, big-time reviews and publications like uh, the New York Review, London Review, Harper's, Atlantic, still pro- predominantly only review books written by men. Seems like crazy. We're talking like around 20 to 30% are, are women only. So that sounds like it's kind of almost like pretty much every other area and field of business where when you have the same people at the top Mm -hmm. you're going to see these same patterns regardless of industry yeah and i should say i'm getting a lot of my statistics from the actual new york times bestseller list and looking at names and uh library congress and there's actually an organization i want to say it's vita or maybe VIDA, but the acronym is V-I-D-A. I I don't remember what it stands for, but if you look up their website, it's um, a nonprofit organization, specifically women activists in the uh, world of writing. And and actually, I think the arts in general, but they have amazing studies put together with really um, wonderful-looking graphs and everything just laid out right on the website. So it's, yeah, V-I-D-A, nonprofit, look it up. Um, they put together a lot, and that's where I got a lot of information as uh, in regards to who's being published and where. So a lot of the small-time, smaller publishing companies are now beginning to be dominated by women. It's a good thing. Um, it's still not perfect, and the, the genres are still a little bit skewed. When we first started talking about the writers, I was thinking, like... Because I love sci-fi. I would love to like see the difference between how sci-fi is depicted from a woman author's point of view. Because I'm sure everything I've ever read or watched this far has been from a man's point of view. It would just be yeah. interesting to see if I notice any differences. Yeah, that's really interesting. And in a way, in my mind, I actually link it with history a little bit. Because yeah. in history, men being the pioneers, so to speak, the ones to like to go out and explore, to manifest destiny, to wage war. They're the ones out there doing it and writing about it. Or did their spouse really give them the idea and then they forgot (laughs) that their spouse did it? Hey, babe, remember when I showed you how to make fire? 
No. no. No, but Bob showed me that. But that's where I literally do think like Star Trek, then the final frontier, that exploration of space has been this male-dominated thing in the science field, and they're yeah. the ones doing it and writing about it. So that's very interesting as we get a little more equality in storytelling even how are women shaping it's almost shaping our future because pop culture and what people are viewing and reading really it can sway public opinion and what people are interested in and what they want to see from the future it can shape eras it can shape eras so that's quite a bit and so i think that's why it is important i wish i would have had some names but i know that in television and movies, you see um, more recognition of women and specifically women of color making TV shows and stuff. And I think it's important and warranted to see that because of what you had just said about how mm-hmm. it, it shapes public perception Absolutely. and everything. Yeah, it, words are very powerful. Our stories become our narratives, become our lives. You know, it's very important to our futures. Like the hourglass. These are the sands of our lives. Is that how it went? Like the sands of the hourglass. These are the days Days of of our our lives. lives. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then, just to kind of wrap that up, it is interesting, though, that as women write more, men read less. Go figure. And then, just to touch on real quick, like, I mean, it can hardly even get me started on um, the inequality present in publishing as far as lgbtq and um even uh, the racial lines i mean it's the numbers of people being published who um, are of color or transgender gay lesbian all that i mean it's just so minuscule it's it hardly it? shows up on a gla- on a graph you huh. know so that's certainly underrepresented and i'm not really sure sh- i didn't really find much on you know, is there is there a trend or is there projections of what companies are trying to do to bring that forward? Interessante. This was fun to research. Um, I feel like I learned some things for myself. But this is the tip of the you iceberg. You self-learned yourself? I self... I think that's... <laughs> That's really the goal of the original Spencers is to self-learn ourselves. Self, we're on a journey of self-learning ourselves. Yep. Because when we're old and we only have each other, we're going to have to tr- like impress each other with some knowledge. Or you could just wear a wrestling shirt. Or that. She bought me a wrestling shirt for Christmas, and every time I wear it, she asks me if I'm trying to impress her, which I am. So, All right, folks. Do well, we do we have any ideas for what we wanted to talk about next podcast or no? Oh, because we kind of wanted to let people know. Yeah. It would be nice to shake it up to a little bit like some serious heavier matters with some like kind of more fun weird episodes like how yeah. how did cats become associated with spinster ladies? We should do that next. Cats and the spinster. I didn't know with the way that you paused and looked at me. I could not tell if you thought that was like a good idea. Like literally, I thought you were going to be like, that's stupid. <laughs> there was a moment in my head where I, it, I need, it's like there was um, a slightly faulty connection of the wiring of like when you flip a switch and there's a delayed response. But I think that's beautiful. Like, it, was, it was fun to watch your face, like, not knowing which way direction that was going to go. I think the next time we'll do a little lighthearted one about 
the connection between spinsters and cats and cat ladies and where did where did that come from where did that come from i want to know but i'm excited because freaking cats and we love cats because freaking cats because <laughs> freaking cats all right well i love you people out there and until next time peace out peace out do 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 do